Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into an interesting perspective on human history, A History of the World in Six Glasses by Tom Standage. This book will quench your thirst for knowledge by recounting world history through the lens of six influential beverages, beer, wine, spirits, tea, coffee, and soda. Standage, a notable English journalist and author whose work has been featured in prominent publications like The Economist, shares how each of these drinks played significant roles in historical developments and global politics, contributing to shaping the world as we know it. From the Neolithic villages, home-brewed beer to today's fizzy pop phenomena, these six beverages have brewed revolutions, sparked scientific breakthroughs, and influenced cultural norms in different eras of human history. Perfect for history buffs and beverage enthusiasts alike, whether you are a beer lover, wine enthusiast, spirit connoisseur, coffee addict, or a Coca-Cola devotee, this book will take you on a fascinating journey, exploring the lesser-known details of human history and global power politics, one glass at a time. So, pour yourself your favorite drink, and let's dive into this refreshingly insightful episode. A History of the World in Six Glasses, How Your Favorite Drinks Changed the World. Introduction. Uncover the intriguing tales of how our favorite beverages have shaped human civilization. Pause for a moment and ponder your drink of choice. Is it a chilled beer for after-work relaxation? A velvety glass of wine accompanying your dinner? Or perhaps you opt for the sober pleasure of tea or coffee? Regardless of what quenches your thirst, it likely holds a tale of historical significance that you've yet to uncover. Today, we're about to take a sip from this fascinating world of our favorite refreshments, from the evolution of rum to the advent of Coca-Cola. As we journey through the ages, you'll discover not only how these drinks have transformed over time, but also their profound influence on the tapestry of human history. Embarking on this journey, you'll learn about the extraordinary role of rum tax in America's revolt against British control, the intriguing link between France's revolution and their fondness for coffee, and an amusing tale of a Soviet general's quest to make his Coca-Cola resemble vodka. These accounts breathe life into everyday consumables we often take for granted, presenting them as the influential forces they truly are in the world's grand historical narrative. Dive in to uncover the hidden history in every sip. Though they may initially appear commonplace, this unique exploration will reveal the extraordinary impact of these drinks on landmark historical events, imbuing them with an unexpected depth and intrigue. Part 1. The fortuitous discovery of beer sparked the dawn of settled societies. Many relish a chilled pint of beer on a sunny afternoon or after a long day's work. But have you ever paused to ponder its origin story? Believe it or not, beer wasn't intentionally invented. It was a happy accident. Trace back the roots of beer to the era following the Ice Age, approximately 10,000 BC, in the fertile regions of what is now the Middle East and Egypt. These lands brimmed with wild cereal grains, setting the stage for a pivotal discovery. Individuals soon observed that soaking grains in water 
caused their starch to change into malt. Transforming this malted grain into gruel and leaving it to ferment produced an effervescent and mildly intoxicating beverage. Its unique flavor and mood-enhancing effects won people over, leading to a significant increase in its production. This burgeoning desire to brew beer catalyzed the transition from a nomadic lifestyle to a settled one, and eventually paved the way for farming. During these times, the human existence was reliant on hunting and gathering, which imposed limitations on land use and food storage. However, as the demand for grain-based products such as beer and bread amplified, the quest for a constant grain supply became a priority. This led to the realization that stored cereal grains could last for months and even years, transforming their perspective on food storage. Understanding the advantages of food preservation compelled them to establish proximity to their grain reserves. The growing dependence on grain instigated the advent of agriculture. As societies grew more intertwined with grain-based food products, they started to intentionally plant and cultivate cereal grains. As these early settlements evolved into complex civilizations, beer seamlessly integrated into daily life. Representing the essence of civilized living, sharing beer became synonymous with hospitality. Its significance even extended to religious rituals and state ceremonies. The Epic of Gilgamesh, an ancient Mesopotamian poem regarded as one of the earliest masterpieces of literature, depicts beer as the beverage of the civilized man, attesting to its profound impact on society. Part 2. Wine's role as a prestigious emblem in ancient civilizations. In today's world, wine, with its abundant availability and affordability, graces tables in both modest homes and luxurious estates alike. But journey back to the distant past and you'll find a starkly different picture. In the bygone eras, wine was a scarce commodity, and its transportation presented a costly challenge, restricting its accessibility to the affluent elite. Take, for instance, the Assyrians, who regarded wine as a notable symbol of opulence. To demonstrate his power and wealth, Assyrian king Ashurnasirpal, in 870 BC, chose wine as the primary drink for a grand feast he hosted for the empire's upper class, showcasing his capability to import the pricey beverage from distant lands. Wine's significance seeped into the social fabric of ancient Greece, forming a vital component of their class hierarchy. Mastering a more affordable winemaking process, the Greeks made wine the favored beverage among the intellectually elite, symposia, intellectual gatherings that revolved around discussions on arts, poetry, and philosophy, witnessed wine flowing in abundance. Contrarily, beer was looked down upon in ancient Greece, regarded as crude and associated with barbarians from foreign regions. The Greeks took immense pride in their wine, exporting their cherished drink and the vibrant culture surrounding it across the Mediterranean, a move that bolstered their global influence. The allure of Greek culture extended beyond their delectable wine, enveloping the aesthetic pottery and amphora used for wine storage which foreign cultures coveted. The Roman era, too, saw wine as a marker of status. As Rome usurped Greece's dominance in the region during the 2nd century BC, they imported Greek grapevines into Italy, altering the center of the wine trade. 
despite its consumption by both the wealthy elites and slaves, the type of wine one drank served as an emblem of their social class and status. The creme de la creme, naturally, savored the finest wines. Among them, Falernian, a celebrated wine hailing from Campania, still stands as one of the world's most exquisite wines. Part 3. The Spread of Distilled Spirits from the Middle East and Europe, Driven by Trade and Innovation The story of alcoholic beverages unfolds further as we delve into the development of distillation, a significant invention by the Arab world. Although the new spirits birthed by this technology didn't find much favour due to religious factors, their influence quickly permeated into Europe. At the forefront, Europeans held a belief that distilled wine possessed healing properties. This belief stemmed from the experiments of Italian alchemist Michael Salernus, who ventured into distillation inspired by 12th-century Arab texts that discussed wine and salt distillation. The resultant spirit, although lacking in taste, was soon hailed as a miracle cure, touted for treating a range of ailments from heart diseases to paralysis. As the popularity of spirits surged, they became a catalyst for European expansion across the globe. This was driven largely by their insatiable appetite for sugar, a critical ingredient for producing rum. With European colonial powers establishing sugar plantations across the Caribbean islands, sugar quickly became a prized asset. For example, Barbados' landscape was transformed in the early 1600s when English settlers introduced sugarcane and farming equipment, turning sugar into the island's dominant crop. The Caribbean's dependence on sugar and rum was so profound that rum even functioned as a form of currency, at times used to purchase slaves. Moving forward, distilled spirits, such as rum, started to make ripples in global history. One can't forget the pivotal role that rum played in America's struggle for independence with the introduction of the Molasses Act in 1733, imposing a tax on molasses, an essential ingredient for rum that wasn't imported from British colonies. This act incited rebellion. American colonists dismissed this law, opting instead for smuggled French molasses of superior quality. This early and bold act of defiance against British authority extended to other commodities like tea and sparked the flame of revolution that led to the American Revolutionary War. Part 4. The Rise of Coffee as the Preferred Beverage Among European Intellectuals Cast your mind back to the Middle Ages and you'll come across the birth of another beverage that revolutionized society. Coffee. Originating in the Arab world, by the time the 17th century rolled around, its demand was brewing up a storm across Europe. In a time when Europeans had a habit of sipping on beer or wine throughout the day, a safer option over the often contaminated drinking water, coffee emerged as a game-changer. Just as safe as alcohol due to the use of boiling water, it found favour among those who didn't wish to be in a constant state of inebriation, such as scholars, merchants and intellectuals. Besides offering a sober alternative, coffee also provided an invigorating jolt of energy, a much-appreciated boost to start the day. As coffee drinking gathered momentum, coffee houses began to replace taverns as the epicentre of intellectual and political discourse. The mid-17th century witnessed the emergence of the first English coffee houses, brightly lit venues adorned with appealing furniture, 
a far cry from the dimly lit taverns. They soon became a magnet for well-heeled customers, including merchants, scholars, and political ideologists, who reveled in the intellectually stimulating atmosphere. In no time, these coffee houses transformed into a hub for political debates. It was within these walls that supporters of Charles II, the exiled king, gathered to discuss his potential return to the throne in 1660. The debates and alliances carved out in these settings played a pivotal role in restoring the monarchy and terminating Oliver Cromwell's reign. However, the very coffee houses that paved the way for his return from exile garnered skepticism from King Charles II, alarmed by the unfettered speech echoing within their confines. He even attempted to close them down. The coffeehouse culture seeped into other European regions, notably Paris and Amsterdam. These social hotspots became the go-to places for exchanging news and gossip, and at times, even hatching revolutionary plans. The lively discussions and heated debates that marked the coffee houses of Paris contributed significantly to the French Revolution. Some even argue that these passionate, coffee-fueled discourses were the catalyst for the downfall of the monarchy. Part 5. The Rise of Tea in the West a Chinese import embraced by the British. Tea drinking might seem quintessentially English, but the roots of this tradition trace back far beyond the English borders. Tea's voyage to Europe began in the 17th century aboard trade vessels from China. Prior to this, Chinese merchants had largely rebuffed European trade overtures, believing that they had little need for European commodities. But the winds of trade changed in the mid-16th century, as China's demand for silver and gold grew. This development paved the way for an evolving trade relationship with Portugal, where China exported silk and porcelain and eventually extended these trade relationships to other European countries. The Dutch laid claim to being the first importers of tea. However, in its early days, tea was seen more as an intriguing novelty rather than a staple, touted as a luxurious commodity costlier than coffee. It was primarily valued for its supposed medicinal properties. Despite these initial perceptions, tea consumption took Britain by storm. At the dawn of the 17th century, the annual import of tea was a mere six tons. However, by the end of the century, this figure had rocketed to an astonishing 11,000 tons. This quantity doesn't even consider the massive amounts of tea smuggled into the country illegally, which could have potentially doubled the official figures. What led to this passionate affair between the British and tea? Part of the answer lies in the social realm. Being a beverage of choice among royalty and the upper crust, tea was viewed as a symbol of sophistication. As its price became more accessible, the lower classes adopted tea drinking in a bid to emulate the upper echelons. The increasing popularity of tea led to the rise of tea houses and tea gardens across Britain. Unlike the male-dominated coffee houses, these venues were particularly popular among women who could purchase tea at the counter, a privilege denied at most coffee houses. Tea's remarkable journey, however, was far from over. What loomed on the horizon was the transformation of the tea industry into a global juggernaut, a key driver further cementing British influence worldwide. Part 6. Tea's powerful influence on the Industrial Revolution 
and global geopolitics. As the 18th century unfolded, coffee found itself being edged out by tea in the industrial settings of factories, largely due to the relentless promotion by the British Empire. This ascension of tea not only occurred in tandem with the Industrial Revolution, but could very well have been a driving force behind it. While tea shared coffee's ability to keep workers alert, it offered an additional advantage. Due to its antibacterial properties, tea helped curtail the spread of waterborne diseases. This health boon was a godsend for industrial workers in Britain, who often lived in cramped quarters where diseases could spread easily. More workers staying healthy translated into a larger workforce, which in turn led to a proliferation of factories. The health benefits extended to breastfeeding mothers as well. Consuming tea led to healthier milk, which contributed to lowering infant mortality rates. This further swelled the population of the working class. Tea's rise to prominence also ignited industrial growth, as it evolved into a status symbol and a staple for all social strata. Manufacturers sought innovative ways to ramp up production to meet the soaring demand. Companies like Wedgwood emerged as pioneers in the mass production of tea during this period. Simultaneously, tea was propelling the East India Company to unprecedented heights of power. Tasked with supplying Britain with its precious tea, the company's revenues outstripped even those of the British government. Such financial clout inevitably translated into formidable political power, enough to influence tax policies. A prime example of this was the Tea Act of 1773, which granted the East India Company the right to export tea to the American colonies duty-free. This forced local merchants to foot the bill for import duties, which in turn drove up prices for American consumers. The resulting wave of protests and boycotts culminated in the iconic Boston Tea Party. This tax on tea was just one among a series of perceived injustices imposed on the American colonies, which eventually fueled their fight for independence. Part 7 the rise of soda and the dominance of Coca-Cola in the United States. Fast forward about a century to another beverage revolution, this time unfolding in the United States, the birth of soda. The credit for the creation of carbonated soda goes to the British scientist and clergyman Joseph Priestley, who discovered the technique of infusing gas into water. Originally, Priestley's carbonated concoction was used for medicinal reasons, as it mimicked natural spring water. However, in the United States, the focus shifted from medicinal benefits to the delightful taste of the beverage. Soda rapidly gained a reputation as a refreshing drink. Its popularity was further bolstered by the introduction of the bottling process, a technological advance pioneered in 1805 by Yale University chemistry professor Benjamin Silliman. A leap forward came in 1909 when Joseph Hawkins, a bottled soda seller, devised a method to dispense soda directly to consumers using fountains. American innovation didn't stop there. They enhanced the flavor of soda by incorporating syrups made from various fruits. This led to one American concocting the most iconic soda of them all, Coca-Cola. John Pemberton, a pharmacist hailing from Georgia, birthed Coca-Cola through a series of experiments with coca, an ingredient he had read about in medical journals. He initially developed a concoction called French wine coca, a blend infused with wine. 
However, as the prohibition movement grew stronger, Pemberton shifted focus to creating non-alcoholic variants, ultimately leading to the creation of the now globally recognized beverage. While Pemberton initially positioned Coca-Cola as a tonic, its widespread popularity as a refreshing drink can be attributed to his savvy marketing tactics. The name Coca-Cola was chosen with a keen eye for advertising. Pemberton was well aware that the dual C's would appear striking in advertisements. His ambition was to make Coca-Cola omnipresent. He leveraged free samples, banners, and posters on soda fountains to amplify public awareness of his fizzy, sweet concoction. His tactics yielded spectacular results. By 1887, sales of Coca-Cola syrup in Atlanta alone soared to 200 gallons a month. A mere eight years later, annual sales had exploded to over 76,000 gallons. Part 8. The rise of Coca-Cola as a global brand coincided with a shift in U.S. foreign policy. Today, Coca-Cola is a global powerhouse in the beverage industry, but its roots are quintessentially American. So how did this distinctly American product become a worldwide phenomenon? The international journey of Coca-Cola began in step with the United States' decision to step back from its isolationist policy. Much like the American government, the Coca-Cola company had little interest in international expansion before the Second World War. However, the infamous Pearl Harbor attack marked a significant shift. As American troops were dispatched worldwide, Coca-Cola found its way into their rations. Over time, the beverage became synonymous with patriotism and American identity. Sensing a golden marketing opportunity, the company declared that every man in uniform gets a bottle of Coca-Cola for five cents wherever he is. To meet the growing demand from servicemen, Coca-Cola began establishing bottling plants in foreign territories, particularly in strategically crucial regions like North Africa. These plants were handed over to local operators after the war, effectively globalizing the reach of the drink. Yet in the aftermath of the war, certain groups held a different view of the beverage. To communists during the Cold War, Coca-Cola embodied the essence of American capitalism and imperialism. In a striking example, French communists even attempted to ban it, labeling it as toxic. One curious episode involved Soviet General Georgi Zhukov, who had a fondness for Coca-Cola. However, he was wary of being linked to something so identifiably American, leading him to request a clear version of the drink to mimic vodka. Interestingly, Coca-Cola also found itself embroiled in Middle Eastern politics. In the 1960s, Israel suspected Coca-Cola was purposely avoiding establishing a presence there to not upset the potentially larger Arab market. Pro-Israeli groups toyed with the idea of a nationwide boycott in the United States, leading Coca-Cola to establish a licensed bottling franchise in Tel Aviv. This move sparked an Arab boycott which remained in effect until the 1980s. Final summary. For thousands of years, the only available drink for humankind was water. However, the past 10,000 years have seen an incredible shift. A handful of beverages have climbed to global prominence. Their ascents influenced not just by their flavors, but by societal transitions too. Today, Beer, wine, spirits, coffee, tea, and Coca-Cola 
form the bedrock of global industries that touch every corner of the world, and these six cherished drinks will continue to shape the trajectories of our lives for years to come. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.